Welcome back to Down for the Count, ladies and gents. I am one of your co-hosts, Tiffany E., and I'm here to give you guys the results of NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam. That's right. I'm going to give you guys the results since I already broke it down in terms of the matches. We got a little extra match when it came to TakeOver and when it came to SummerSlam. So we're going to get into it, okay? Got a little extra treat that they gave us on the SummerSlam match card on the pre-show kickoff, if you will, was Baron Corbin versus Biggie. And this was like a pseudo way of Biggie getting his briefcase back. So if you don't know, what you don't know is a lot. A few weeks back, Baron Corbin got the brilliant idea due to his down bad syndrome to steal Big E's money in the bank briefcase. And he's had it now for almost two weeks. And then Big E was able to try to get it back last Friday, but Baron Corbin was able to beat him up and keep the briefcase. Now, he's been running around with his dirty ass $20. <laughs> it's funny because Baron Corbin being down is probably one of the best things about WWE right now. I don't like Cal Yu, and I'm glad his ass is down and out, okay? He was a dick when he was the king. He was even more of a son of a bitch when he was the fucking constable on Raw. He was fucking horrible. He is getting his comeuppance, and goddammit, it feels good. <laughs> he looks horrible now. He don't want to shave his head. His beard is growing out. He looks like an old and young man at the same time with beady dark eyes. He always looks shifty like he's stealing something or is trying to get over on somebody. He just he just looks a mess. Okay? And child... <laughs> Baron Corbin got beat by Big E at the SummerSlam kickoff. And Big E was able to get his briefcase back. All is well. Blood in the streets. We're all happy. So let's move on to the actual match card for SummerSlam. First match of the night was the Raw Tag Team Championships. AJ Styles and Omos defended their titles against RK-Bro. And RK-Bro was able to obtain those titles from the two goons. The soccer mom and his overgrown adoptive son. They were able to get the titles from these two. And well, I have to say it was a very good win. It looked good, it felt good, and I was happy for Matt Riddle to getting his first title, or his second title on the main card. I mean on the main roster and for Randy Orton to be a champion again. So good for him. Let's move on to the second bout. The second bout was Eva Marie versus Little Miss Bliss. Now, this match, of course, a lot of people were looking at because Eva hasn't really wrestled much since she's been back. And quite frankly, it's kind of getting annoying. So having her have this match on SummerSlam, everybody thought that we were at least going to get a match. What we got was partial lockups, and that's pretty much it. Maybe a move or two, and that was it. And Eva Marie pretty much got bested by Bliss. There wasn't really much that could have been done. She got beat end of the story now she did slap lily <laughs> a couple times which was funny but she got beat and piper finally stood up to her and was like she was the loser of the match puss this row boy and sashay her ass up out of there and i don't fucking blame her she was like bitch fuck you <laughs> and i'm here for it okay so 
Let's move on to the next match of the night, which was the United States Championship, Sheamus versus Damian Priest. I believe that was the next match. It doesn't matter. If it ain't in order, it's not in order. I'll just tell you all the matches. So this was probably one of the longer matches of the night and one of the better matches. It was a very good match. Sheamus and Damian Priest really put on a spectacular match. They did great. It was heavily back and forth. You couldn't tell who was going to win. It just seemed like one was getting their momentum swinging and then the other one's momentum would come in. It was back and forth, back and forth. But ultimately, Damian Priest was able to best Sheamus and get the W. And now he is the new United States champion. Congratulations to you, Damian Priest. You got to love it when a guy comes from... NXT and really goes hard and makes it and they give them all the glory as they should and they push them forward and they progress and it looks good it smells good therefore it is good okay so good for you Damien for you being the new United States champion but I see a new feud on the horizon and I'll get to that later any hoosies let's talk about the next match that I'm going to mention which is Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal a decent match, something that we've already seen already. I did not expect Drew McIntyre to win that match, honestly. I expected Gender to win the match, but Drew beat Gender fair and square. And that is what it is. Game, set, match. Jinder Mahal got a W at SummerSlam, and all is right in the world, I guess. So let's move on to these championship bouts. Let's move into the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Jimmy and Jay Uso were going up against Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Now I was well aware that Dominic and Ray were going to lose at SummerSlam, but again, this match had a good back and forth between the two of them. The two teams were working very hard to win, and they very well could have had some things happen of happened in the match, some missteps for Ray and Dominic. They probably would have gotten those titles back. But it was meant for the Usos to retain, and they did. And congratulations to the Distinguished Twins, as I like to call them. They are still your tag team champions on SmackDown, which could lead to some really good feuds, especially if the Street Profits are pulled from a man from Alpha Academy. You could have a real classic with the Street Profits versus the Usos. But that's just me. You know, that's just me. Moving on, let's get into... The Raw Women's Championship with Nikki Ash, Rhea Ripley, and Charlotte Flair. Again, another solid match. Ultimately, Charlotte would be able to best the almost superhero Nikki Ash. Rhea Ripley wasn't even a factor and did not get pinned. It was Nikki Ash who ate, ate the pin this time. And Nikki Ash did tap. She tapped out to the um, figure eight. And that was it. That was the end of that match. It was a lot of, you know, twists and turns in that match. Nikki Ash was trying to do her superhero crossbody, and it got scouted. And Charlotte was able to best her because of it. And now she is once again the Raw Women's Champion, 12-time. They don't count her NXT championships, which I don't understand, but whatever works for you, love. Anywho, is. Probably one of my least favorite, and in my opinion, was the worst match of the night. It was Bianca Belair, who was supposed to go up against Sasha. Apparently, Sasha Banks was not cleared to wrestle. 
and WWE thought that she would be, I guess. I'm not quite sure. But they were aware that Sasha was not cleared medically to wrestle, and she was not cleared all the way up until that night. They decided to go with Carmella coming out there again, which to me was a big-ass mistake. And then they brought back Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch then cheap-shotted um, Bianca after Bianca accepted a match um, challenge from her. She cheap-shotted her, hit her with a rock bottom, and then she is now the SmackDown Women's Champion. That match lasted 25 seconds compared to the other matches, including Eva and Bliss's match, which was minutes longer. Their lasted, theirs lasted 25 seconds. <laughs> it's baffling. But if you want to hear my own personal sentiments about that particular match, please go to my Instagram at TV 2 and you will be able to hear my personal opinion about the match and what I think should have happened and what they could have done. And you'll also hear other people voice their frustrations about it. It is not a common thing that most people are on the same page when it comes to certain matches. But the overall consensus is a lot of people are happy that Becky is back. But they didn't feel like Bianca had to be the one for her to eat alive like that in order for her to come back. Becky is a big enough star that she could have came back Friday or she could have came back after the, a match had been done. And they could have chose anybody to do that match. Anybody but Carmella, seeing as how Carmella just wrestled Bianca the night prior. Okay? So I'm going to move on before I start going into preaching and all this good stuff. So let's get into the WWE Championship. Let's talk about Bobby Lashley going up against Bill Goldberg. Now, for the most part, this was a good match. I'm not going to lie. Bobby put up a, mat, a good fight. He was brutal. He was very much focused, and he did everything in his power to take Goldberg out. Goldberg was dominant during this match, too, until Pastor Porter started to use his little chippy cane to attack Goldberg's leg, which led to an onslaught of attacks by Bobby, getting him disqualified. Well, actually, Goldberg couldn't continue in the match. They ended up having to end the match due to the fact that Goldberg was injured and Bobby decided to attack Goldberg even further. What added insult to injury is that he continued to attack him with the chair in the same knee over and over and over again. So much so that his 15-year-old son climbed into the ring and climbed on Bobby's back to stop him from attacking him. And then Bobby committed the ultimate sin. He put Goldberg's son in a full Nelson. Now, a lot of people was cheering that shit like it was awesome and it was great. Like, fuck them kids. But, hell no. Okay? Fuck Bobby Lashley's bald-headed ass. He should have known better. Once he dropped the kid on the floor, he could have just left his ass in there. Okay? But he literally put a kid in the full nesting. Miss me with the, I didn't think it was all the way clamped in. Miss me with the, the kids shouldn't have been in there. Because if it was somebody you loved and they were getting attacked with a chair over and over again, your ass would be in there too. So, hell no. Bobby Lashley's going to get his ass whooped. And if it ain't by Goldberg, it's going to be by somebody. But I guarantee you, by Crown Jewel, Goldberg's going to be your new champion. And for everybody that was cheering the fact that he put that kid in the field nothing, it's your fault. Blood in the streets. Moving on. 
to the final bout. We have the Universal Championship, Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Now, in this entire match, Roman dominated for majority of the match. There were points where John Cena would actually get some offense going, but he was not getting anything off without Roman having an answer for it. Roman was unstoppable. And it was brutal to watch John Cena be manhandled like this. The last time that happened was against Brock Lesnar. And speaking of Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns was able to best Mr. Hustle loyalty and respect. And even during this show of 100% dominance, he could not even enjoy it. Because just like at Money in the Bank, when John Cena showed up and spoiled his fun against beating Edge, he then has a celebration at the end of SummerSlam, and that is when Brock Lesnar's music hits. And a new and improved Brock Lesnar comes out of the gate, and he looks like he's been working out for the last year and a half, and he's ready to let his aggression out. There was no flab. There was nothing. It was all glee, glee, okay? He was very much ripped. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) I am not a Brock Lesnar fan, but damn, okay? That's a big dude, okay? He almost looks like how he looked. Even He's even more toned than he was when he was younger, when he first became champion. And if y'all too young to remember that, go back on the Peacock Network and look it up. It might even be on the WWE YouTube page because they post clips and and they post whole matches all the time. But, y'all, he looked ripped. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Roman didn't want no pots. Roman backed up. But did you see Paul Heyman in there? Paul Heyman looked like I've been with my side bitch for the last year and a half. And my girlfriend done come home. Oh my, aren't I in a pickle? Yes, Polly, you are. Because you're going to have to choose. Are you going to choose the man who brought you back into WWE so that everyone can hear all of your spoilers and pipe bombs, as you call them? Or are you going to pick the man who kept you relevant on SmackDown? The man who's made you his proverbial bitch boy, his speaking box, Mr. Tribal Chief, Mr. Nino Brown, leader of the CMB, Roman Reigns. Who do you choose? The new, fresh, and future of WWE? Or do you pick the old but goldie Brock Lesnar? I don't know, but if it was me, I would pick Nino Brown. Because ain't nothing like some no no. Anyway, <laughs> that was your SummerSlam. Now, let me give you a little bit of tea on Monday Night Raw. Just a little bit. Monday Night Raw went perfect. I'm not even going to lie. Monday Night Raw was simple. They had simple matches. They set up certain feuds. It was done properly. It moved quickly. And that's how Raw is supposed to be. It wasn't over the top. and outlandish for a back comeback show. And even though they don't have a lot of big 
big stars like SmackDown does. They were able to keep their show going. And it seems like they're trying to start building bigger stars, which works out perfectly for Monday Night Raw. It's good to be in a rebuilding phase and the rebuilding actually works. So good for them. And I hope the next Monday Night Raw we're supposed to see works out because next week we're supposed to get Dewdrop because that's what she wants to be called. But her name is Piper Nevin versus Eva Marie. We're also supposed to get Bobby Lashley versus Sheamus. And we're also supposed to get Miz versus Morrison because Miz turned on Morrison tonight, honey. And it was a whole mess. Now, if you want to see that and so much more, make sure you tune in to Monday Night Raw. And don't forget to let us know what you think or what you thought about SummerSlam. And I am back to give you the takeover recap, okay? So this is NXT TakeOver 36. And the TakeOver card was pretty small. We had five matches on the card, including one little mini match that had Rich Holland and Tyler Baxter, I want to say. That was a squash match to show Rich Holland's dominance. But we're going to get into the actual match card for NXT TakeOver 36. And man, was it good. So, NXT TakeOver 36 kicked off with LA Knight. It was LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes. Million Dollar Championship match. And it also had an extra stipulation. If Cameron Grimes lost, that meant that Ted DiBiase had to be LA Knight's butler. And of course, Cameron was no longer going to have the opportunity to wield that million dollar championship. Well, the match ensues and everything goes completely bananas. <laughs> LA Knight and Cameron Grimes had an amazing match. LA Knight was brutal. He was crafty. And of course, he was just a slimy little bastard. And Cameron Grimes was the ever effervescent hero of this match. Beautifully dedicated, 100% focused, and even Ted DiBiase had a little piece helping to whip Cameron right into LA Knight. It was such a good match. It really was. Ultimately, Cameron Grimes is your new million dollar man. And of course, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, has a couple of extra dollars in his pocket for winning and putting Cameron Grimes as his, picking Cameron Grimes as his guy. But LA Knight, he was bested, but he got an interview at the end of the show, a WWE exclusive, and he made it very clear that he ain't going nowhere and that you're going to still be seeing L.A. Knight. Now, who knows if it's going to be up against Cameron Grimes again? Honestly, I think Grimes um, with Cam L.A. Knight was a good pick. It worked at making sure Cameron Grimes was the number one guy. We loved Cameron because L.A. Knight was such a dick. And, of course, he got to be the million-dollar man. Now, what's better than that? Huh? Now, do I think that this feud should be over between L.A. Knight and Cameron? I do. I think it's gone on for quite some time, and I don't need to see them going back and forth. But I will say this. Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight play well with each other. And L.A. Knight is probably one of the brightest spots in NXT. But if I were Vince McMahon... I would pluck his ass from NXT immediately and put him on Monday Night Raw. He would be my new pet project, and he would be a future WWE champion. But that's just me. Moving on to the next bout. 
Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai for the NXT Women's Championship. Now, of course, this match obviously had heavy implications. Dakota Kai was tired of being referred to as a sidekick. And well, Raquel, Raquel had to prove that she was the dominant champion that she claimed to be. Both women had something that they had to prove. But the only one who ended up making sure it was proven was Raquel. Despite the fact that this match was very good and that Dakota probably put on one of her best performances in my eyes since she's been on the NXT roster, she was still bested by the power and the brawn of Raquel Gonzalez. But that wasn't even the highlight of the night. Once all the dust settled and Raquel was standing with her belt held high, a music starts to play and everybody's looking around and all of a sudden, an effervescent, burgundy, long-haired titan walks from the back. And I'm talking about the ever-crafty Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray is one of the most dangerous and dominant female wrestlers in the world. And for her to show up and show Raquel that she ain't scared, Raquel definitely should be worried. She thinks that she's a dominant woman, but she has no idea what Kaylee Ray is capable of. And I have always been a face girl, but she is my queen. I love Kaylee Ray. And if I know anything, she's going to make <laughs> Tuesday nights with NXT very interesting. And I don't suspect that Raquel will be champion past the next pay-per-view, be it be on TV or whether it be another takeover, she's not going to be champion for long. Guarantee it. Raquel's days are numbered, and Kaylee Ray made it very clear that everybody in NXT needs to be on notice because she's there. So I can't wait to see how they're going to use her. Now, Kaylee Ray is no stranger to NXT. She's been on the brand before. Now, if you don't know, Kaylee Ray is a former NXT, NXT UK Women's Champion. 619 days, I believe it was. Now, Kaylee Ray has also been on the NXT brand. She was a part of the NXT Women's War Games match, I believe, that had Rhea Ripley in it. And it was Kaylee Ray, Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler, and someone else that went up against, I think it was Can. it wasn't Candice, it was somebody else. And that was the time that Dakota turned on Tegan and left Rhea and them like down a partner in the match. It was really bad. So she's no stranger to the NXT brand. Kaylee Ray is always dangerous and she's a thinking wrestler. And that's what really makes her the most dangerous. I can't wait to see what she does and how she turns NXT into her own playground. So good luck to you, Raquel, being the most dominant woman, because even in the domination, somebody has to fall. And unfortunately for you, you're the one who has to fall. So let's move on to the next bout, shall we? This, by far, was my favorite match of the whole weekend. Walter versus Dragunov 2. Oh my God. God, this was like watching the fight of the titans, the fight of the gods. This match was so brutal. There was so much slapping. There was so much punching and kicking 
and it was always someone kicking out. You never knew who was going to win. But ultimately and finally, Dragunov was able to get the W over Walter. And guess how he got it? Walter tapped. He tapped out. Dragunov tapped out Walter. Walter has been champion for 800 plus days. He is the longest reigning champion in WWE history. There is no one who has reigned longer than him. He is a brutal, brutal wrestler. And his reign was just littered with bodies. But Dragunov was persistent. And he was tenacious. And he was focused. And he made sure that Walter understood that he wasn't going to back down from that fight. And it was so awesome. It was my favorite match of the night. It was perfectly done. It was booked right. They put it on the right pay-per-view. They did awesome. And I can't be happier. And if you're not watching NXT UK, then you have really missed out on a golden opportunity to be a part of something great. Watch NXT UK. You will not be disappointed. This next match was a two out of three falls match. Like a three stages of hell. Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, part three. Now, to be honest with you, I was not as invested in this match as I was in the others. The matches were good. They were decent. But this match actually moved fairly quickly. I felt like it was sped up and it was placed weird. I thought that Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly would definitely close out the show. They didn't. They were placed right before the final match with the NXT Championship. And they had to quickly get one over and get it done. So the first match went to Kyle O'Reilly, which is what I told my husband. I told him right before the match started, O'Reilly's going to win the first one. Cole's going to win the second one. It's going to go to a steel cage. And then O'Reilly's going to pick up the W there. Now, the way that it happened was pretty decent. Kyle O'Reilly picked up the first win with a roll-up, which was very, very embarrassing for Adam Cole. Adam Cole was able to pick up the win with the street fight, which he had some very cool spots in that street fight, as did Kyle O'Reilly. And then it was the steel cage part that really, really took this match over the top. Now, during the street fight, Kyle O'Reilly looked like he was having some trouble breathing. I'm not forecasting. I'm just telling you what I saw. It looked like he had some trouble breathing. He was doing breathing exercises to catch his breath and to really pull in as much air as he could, which led me to believe that he either had bruised his ribs or had broken one. I don't know, but maybe he just bruised it or he was just selling it really well. Either way, that's what it looked like. Well, Adam Cole had already been thrown on top of the plexiglass and they were headed back into the ring. And once they got in, Cole had set up these chairs very oddly in the middle of the ring. Kyle O'Reilly ended up just decimating his back on these chairs. And he was able to get the pin on O'Reilly due to this particular move. Now, they brought down the cage because it was one and one. And Cole was vicious. He did not give them time to get Kyle O'Reilly prepared to be in this match. He pretty much was just like, it's happening. Get the hell out of the way. And that's what they did. They moved and they let O'Reilly just have the match regardless. Cole was attacking him over and over and over again. They tried to stop the match to see if O'Reilly was okay. 
O'Reilly pretty much gave the go-ahead and they went on ahead with the match. Cole ended up getting O'Reilly handcuffed to the top of the ring in which he just was beating the hell out of Kyle O'Reilly. Now, Kyle O'Reilly was able to get the drop on Cole, so much so that he put him in a submission and would not let go. Now, this is how you have to t- understand what was happening. Kyle O'Reilly was still handcuffed, had Cole in this submission, and Cole still tapped. He tapped out to a one-armed, handcuffed opponent in Kyle O'Reilly. That's how the match ended. Cole was really writhing in pain from his knee, and Kyle O'Reilly was getting help for possibly having some rib damage, and of course, for his arm being locked up in that um, in those handcuffs. It was a decent match. I just wish that they would have had this match earlier. I feel like that the second bout between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole was unnecessary. They could have did that on a regular NXT show. And I feel like um, they could have had this particular match at the last takeover or rather at the last TV pay-per-view they had. And that would have ended it and it would have been done. But they needed a big match for takeover. I understood. But they could have went a different route. And I'll get into that in a minute. The final bout of the night was, of course, Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross for the NXT championship now you have to understand the implications of this match Samoa Joe had been gone from WWE he was fired and of course Triple H was not having that he was like we're gonna get him back they brought him back and the way that they brought him in was under the premise that William Regal was losing control of NXT it was chaotic it was completely out of the hand and no one was listening to reason or authority in walks Samoa Joe the enforcer to restore order and of course the power in NXT. Well, Karrion Cross didn't like that. Karrion thrived in power, I mean, thrived in the chaos and loved the power of it, and he felt like Samoa Joe was stepping on his toes. Now, when Joe did come back at that time, William Regal was tired and he was about to quit, and Karrion was egging him on to do so because he felt like he was in his way. So when Samoa Joe came back, that was another pillar, another blockade that was in his way, stopping him from doing what he wanted to do. So, Karrion Cross set a collision course for TakeOver 36. And it happened when Karrion Cross was having a match. I believe it was with Kyle O'Reilly. And it was Samoa Joe who was supposed to be the special guest referee. Actually, I stand corrected. It was Johnny Gargano that he was going up against. It was not Kyle O'Reilly. So excuse me for that. In that match, Samoa Joe was pretty fair. He was straight down the line. He was a bit forceful, but he was still fair. When Karrion Cross won the match, Joe counted it fair and square, and that was it. Karrion Cross didn't like Joe's nonchalant disrespect. So Karrion Cross choked out Samoa Joe. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is how we got to this match. Despite the taunting and the attacks on William Regal to Karrion Cross's credit, he really did hype up Samoa Joe and get him egged on and ready to fight. 
So much so that he quit being an enforcer and was asked and asked William Regal to sign him back as a full-time wrestler so he can teach Karrion Cross a lesson. And that he did. In this match, Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross battled. It was like watching two behemoths fight each other. It was a very good match, and it was really good to see Samoa Joe back in the ring, fighting, ready and willing, diving, and doing everything that he loved to do. Ultimately, Karrion Cross could not best the Samoa Joe. This Samoa Joe is vicious, and he's a three-time, count him, three-time NXT champion and the only man to ever be a three-time NXT champion and the first man to be a two-time NXT champion. So congratulations to you, Samoa Joe, for coming back and showing everybody why you are the man and why you should never, ever be fired again. WWE, don't you do it, okay? Keep your shit together, all right? Anyway, NXT TakeOver was great. I loved it. I would always advocate for TakeOver because TakeOver is just fun to watch. And if you miss really good, solid wrestling with unique and fun storylines, then you will love NXT TakeOver. Now, when it comes to Kyle O'Reilly and um, Adam Cole's match, the reasons why I wasn't invested are, I've already said, but the simplest explanation is just, I just had seen it so many times and they had fought so many times that for me, I just wasn't interested. And then full sale, not full sale, but CWC's crowd, they booed Kyle O'Reilly for winning and they cheered Adam Cole when he won. The world is strange these days, ladies and gentlemen. The simplest explanation is, I don't know, a good wrestling fan sometimes can ruin a good time. And sometimes you just want to have a good wet dream. You don't want to have to worry about the mess. You know what I'm saying? So maybe everybody should just do their part and boo the people who do bad things and cheer the people who do good things. Yes? Awesome sauce. Blood in the streets. Now... I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Down for the Count. Make sure you guys follow us on our social media at Down for the Count 19 on Twitter and at D4TC underscore podcast on Instagram. Okay? I am your girl, Tiffany E. And yes, I am here to give you guys the recaps of NXT TakeOver. I'm just here to make sure you guys know what is going on on the shows. Okay? Now, as I said before, out for the next episodes of Down for the Count, we have another episode coming up with Alexis, of course, giving us our wrestling history. She's going to give us all the deets on the plane ride from hell. You're not going to want to miss that. We also have an episode where all of us ladies are together, and we're talking about the Hurt Business and why it should not have been disbanded, and we're also going to be talking and answering questions from a fan who posed some really valid points, and we wanted to make sure we answered them. So... You guys can give us all your feedback and more on our Twitter or on our Instagram in our DMs. And you also can hit us up on Anchor and give us a good old voice message. We'd love to hear from you. And constructive criticism is wanted. All right? So make sure you guys follow us. Make sure you guys keep on listening. Share us with your friends, especially those who love wrestling. Even though we're four women and we enjoy all aspects of wrestling. And if you know some good wrestling from anywhere... Make sure you hit us up so we can get to know some good wrestling, too. I am your girl, Tiffany E., and thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.